Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey Alarmy, before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, Alex Paul discusses the Beverly Hills Hotel Heist. The promise of a free vacation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good. I I like that. Nothing in the world, this world is free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing in this world is free. And and that's what kind of made us dig deeper is like we had no money. We were broke. This seemed like a little fun opportunity and we could not let it go. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to happen. We couldn't just be like, no, we're not Peter. We're not on the reservation. Goodbye. Turn around. We were like, no, like this is our one little freebie fun thing. Like we should have it. We you know like. It's like maximizing like on sales, you know, when, when there's an, an offer, you can't let it go. Yes. You can't let it yeah. go. Yeah. I, I know I can't let it go. And apparently <laughs> I, Alex also I can can't let, let it go. I so easily. <laughs> I, I love letting offers go. I love when offers come along and I'm just like, nope, no. Not going to no, take it. Go. Not going to take it. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my 
own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the Thanksgiving Day disaster. Here's what you need to know. On Thanksgiving Day, November 29th, 1900, thousands of people flooded San Francisco's Recreation Park to watch what was called the Big Game an annual college football match between Stanford Cardinal and California Golden Bears. The park only held around 10,000 people, but many more wanted a chance to see the popular rivalry. Those who weren't able to get into the stadium, mostly children and young adults who couldn't afford the $1 ticket, attempted to watch from the rooftop of a nearby glass plant. Little did they know this decision would lead to the deadliest sporting disaster in American history. The game, which is the oldest rivalry in the United States, dates back to 1892, and it was just three years prior in 1897 when the stands collapsed from being overcrowded. There were no casualties, but a nine-year-old boy needed to be hospitalized. This time, the viewing audience wouldn't be so lucky. By the start of the game, the stadium was already over capacity. However, the San Francisco and Pacific Glassworks building offered a view of the playing field, and it was there that many young fans went to watch the game. Although there was a watchman to prevent people from climbing up to the roof of the glass factory, the hundreds of youngsters simply overwhelmed him. The glass plant had a peaked roof with a vent that was made of corrugated iron panels. The sheets of corrugated iron were supported by wood beams, but they were not meant to withstand much weight at all, especially not the estimated 400 fans that made their way there. Underneath them, the factory had one operational furnace burning at 500 degrees Fahrenheit. The rowdy and jubilant crowd was completely unaware of the danger they were in, and one onlooker remarked, if this thing breaks, we'll all go down together. Security personnel grew concerned and called the police, but the police simply referred them to the officer in charge of the stadium. That officer was not accessible though, as he was inside the stadium and the stadium was so packed, there was no way out. Just 20 minutes into the game, the rooftop of the glass plant collapsed, sending around 100 people, mostly kids, down into the factory. It was a fall of about five stories. Some fell onto jagged and dangerous equipment, and others fell directly onto the operational furnace. A fuel line was severed. It spewed hot oil out and inflicted further harm onto the victims. Factory workers responded to the emergency first, turning off the furnace and helping the victims by dislodging them from the equipment. Emergency responders eventually made it into the factory, but were overwhelmed by the number of injured civilians. There weren't enough ambulances, and some of the victims had to be brought to the hospital by car or horse-drawn wagons. 
The game only stopped briefly since the factory was far enough from the field and no one could tell what had happened. It ended when Stanford kicked a game-winning field goal and a parade ensued down Market Street to the Palace Hotel. The joy of the moment diffused quickly, however, when news of the disaster spread and the crowd discovered the gruesome reality of what happened outside the stadium walls. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. This horrific event is also known as the Big Game Disaster of 1900. The demand for the $1 ticket worth $40 today was so high that many fans couldn't get in or couldn't afford the price. The tragedy claimed the lives of 22 men ranging in age from 9 to 49. Stanford would go on to win 5 to 0. Though spoken of very little, this is still the deadliest accident to claim the lives of spectators at any U.S. sporting event. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Amir Blumenfeld. Hi, Amir. What up? <laughs> Man, you're so cool. Amir is a comedian. He's uh, if you the haven't founder. already guessed, yeah. <laughs> He's the founder of Headgum, <laughs> What's the that podcast to mean, network. Man? It's just like you're the f you first thing you came in with is a pretty dated like you know, <laughs> wow Bud Budweiser commercial. Reference. Oh yeah, I guess it is from the commercials. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've oh, been saying it for so long. Come up with that independently. <laughs> Yeah, you, I'm wondering you think you who said stole it, it before? Oh, okay, great. Because I, um, I also did the the frogs, the Bud Wise, or I was doing oh, that in like that. the late 80s. Wow. So you are ahead of all of us. I guess. Speaking of ahead, Head Gum is the name of your podcast that you co-founded. Rebecca was in the middle of sort of introducing That's you. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. You um you could have heard maybe you heard me a little bit over mm -hmm. the um, <laughs> ribbing. I was sort of spiraling. Yeah, the, the ribbing. Um, I was but... white hot with rage. <laughs> Hold on to that. We're mm. gonna use that. Um, yeah, you guys don't know this, but I took an hour off since I uh, introducing the show and and now, but we cut that entirely. Yeah, out. so now we're I'm back. back. <laughs> Collected. Um, Amir, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on over at Headgum. What kind of yeah, Headgum shows is a comedy. Popping? It's a comedy podcast network that has hopefully something for everybody. So if mm. you're a D and D fan, we got some Dungeons and Dragons shows. Mm. We got some general comedy shows. We got some TV and entertainment, sports, gossip, celebrity. <laughs> fast food, whatever you want, there's something for you to have. Uh, and you can check out all the shows at headgum.com. Amazing. Um, and I mean, absolutely everyone should check them out. And we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Everything feels so hunky-dory internationally and domestically. It's hard to sort of point your yeah. finger to something that's not going well. I guess there are some plants that are being a little overgrown in my front yard, but I don't even know if that's like, that's almost a nice thing to have just like a, a robust greenery slash shrubbery as you enter a home. So I almost don't even want to complain. And other than that... 
Sheesh. So I mean, Lynn, I'm just scanning you're, you're, CNN, you're... and it all seems fine. Yeah. They're going to go out of business. Yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> um, so well, landscaping, we're yeah. going to go with that? I guess, but at the same time, like we have bi-weekly gardeners sort of trimming, pruning, and making sure that everything is, stays healthy and happy over here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bi-weekly. So ma- That's every yeah. two weeks or twice a week? Good question. Uh, it could mean either. Oh, well, that's confusing. <laughs> Dealer's <laughs> choice. And so I'll leave it up to them. Yeah. <laughs> See you on when... Thursday or in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know when the gardeners are coming. That's pretty alarming. Mm-hmm. That's well, great. I love that. Okay, perfect. Um, it, it's always hard to transition into these uh, topics. This one is airing around Thanksgiving mm. and you'd be surprised this has nothing. I mean, doesn't really have much to do with Thanksgiving except for that was the day that it occurred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Thanksgiving is a time when there are sports being played. Is right. that something that happens? You well, guys I, know better I also than think I do. That a connection that you could make here in terms of a transition Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to sort of really mire ourselves within just transitioning from a subject to another is that Amir, you know, jokingly, um, you know, sort of disguised or avoided what was really the truth, which made it funny of there was so many disasters going on in the world. Well, this disaster, in a sense, was um, overshadowed by the game. The game game sort of just continued on. Mm -hmm. The game was being played by a bunch of emirs in this sense uh, Mm. who ignored the disaster that happened. Wow. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Should we take another hour break or? (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is going to take three days to record. Everyone's going to need to cool off after that one. That's also the first time anyone's referred to a football team as a bunch of emirs. (laughs) Although I guess the final score was five to zero. (laughs) No, was it really? That's what what the worksheet that you sent me is. That's what it said on the worksheet if you read it. Yeah, it yeah, said... Uh, what team was five. Amir playing for <laughs> then? Great, I mean, because yeah. that would, you know, you should get specific. You're going to call them a bunch of Amirs. He was playing on, in this sense, on both sides because they all ignored the disaster. Oh, mm. wow. Ne- the year after, by the way, 1901 was a score of two to zero. So yeah, so 1900 was a barn burner. <laughs> right. This was before the forward pass. Correct, mm. correct, <laughs> correct. Um, I'll tell you what, it, it is one of those disasters that you have no, you know, had no idea happened. No. Yeah. So um, scary, so scary, mm-hmm. because I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge sports person, so I can't say that I've gone above and beyond to watch a sporting event mm-hmm. but i can see that happening and i can i know people who would probably yeah do this sort of thing well you've um, witnessed my brother before a bills game yes <laughs> mm. and he is a um you know the bills mafia are notoriously intense football watchers and the they have is all he kinds jumping of, through a table yeah exactly 
it just scares uh, me. Not, it, it scares me the the lengths that people will go to to watch sports. And I get that this was pre-television, so the only way you're going to watch the game is to actually be at the game. Mm-hmm. It also feels it? like not like it's scary, but like it's also like you could think, oh, this is just something that happened back in 1900. This is like a relic of the past. But I feel like people are still gathering on services and structures that they shouldn't necessarily be on yeah like the power of like collective social I don't know, and what is that. it about sports that really brings this out in people um just like uh, die hard yeah. fandom yeah what is it about sports like a lack of, of why do people safety? like sports yeah chris and amir you guys like sports i love sports what, amir, tell us about an answer that. for this yeah it's hard because i think it's uh it lets us sort of invest ourselves in a um almost superstitious way into this like game that we have no control over the outcome, Mm -hmm. but it still affects our mood. Like when the guys wearing my jerseys win, I feel happy that day. Mm. I didn't do anything. I just watched other adults play a game, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if they win, I'm happy. And if they lose the game, I'm sad because of your investment like you're choosing to give yes because i waste so much time watching rooting learning researching (laughs) playing alongside gambling next to sort of walking in metaphorical arm in arm with these amirs so if you don't invest it's just wasted time so yes exactly if you have nothing no rooting interest it doesn't do anything for me okay have you guys ever done anything uh, uh, other, you know, above, out of the ordinary to watch uh, your watch game, team. Game. Yeah. Uh, no. I've. Go ahead. Have you flown somewhere to see like a special game? That's kind of a big deal. I feel like to spend money to be somewhere. I've flown to Orlando to watch a basketball game. Okay, mm. that's commitment. That's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is just for the game. That was the only reason you went to Orlando. Yeah, my friend was working for ESPN the magazine, and he's like, "There's a Lakers Finals game tonight, championship Lakers Magic." This was 2009. Okay, I can give you a press pass so you can watch the game, not even from a seat, but like from like a room in the mm. arena. But you got to fly there. I'm like, okay, great. I'm buying a $700 ticket right now. I need a press pass, <gasps> and I'm going by myself. So That's it wasn't real- even like there was no camaraderie there. Really? <laughs> That's really impressive. Um, my my feeling about it as I'm just now thinking about this is that. I would go to games or I would be excited about games, but watching it at home is such a better experience in almost all cases. In what case is watching only tennis, I will say is, and as I've watched um, tennis matches live, those are so exciting to watch Mm -hmm. live. You mean like in your experience of the sport, like to experience it live versus home, like it doesn't benefit you to be like at a football game live. I just, I've been to a lot of them and I just, you have the social element where people are talking to you. You have to like talk to people mm-hmm. at home. You can silently stare at the at the and just ingest the game. And then you also have the additional commenters right. who are telling you uh, interesting things about the game and things you might have missed. You know, I, I don't know. Is there uh, for me? It's just like since the dawn of television, it's just a better experience watching sports than it's on TV as opposed to in person. Mm, didn't have that then though. Mm-mm. So maybe that's why. Not but in nineteen. Isn't that camaraderie? A, a, a pot. I mean, Amir, you went to this game to mm-hmm. get a press pass. Didn't know anyone, but like, surely you encountered people who had the shared investment that you have, so that you could at least have like a shared 
common experience and talk on that level? Like, is that no? A good thing, I sort or? of wasn't allowed to speak to anyone at <laughs> oh. that game specifically. <laughs> okay. And I will say that there are some sports that are bad in person. Football probably being the number one sport because your vantage point is worse than TV. Mm. And there's so many breaks in the game. You can't yeah. like do anything. Like when you're watching at home, you can watch the commercials if it's the Super Bowl or watch other games if there's a downtime. I actually similarly got one Super Bowl ticket once. Somebody, I was in Miami to do like some work or whatever. And they're like, one brand reached out. And like we have one extra ticket to the <gasps> Super Bowl. I'm like, I got to go. This is an amazing opportunity. And I went by myself and it was one of the most boring football games I'd ever seen. And it was the Super Bowl. And I was like in the fourth row. Well, the Super Bowl notoriously rarely has fans of the actual teams at the game. I mean, it's more uh, it's right. more of like a who can get like a, a press event or something. It's kind yeah. of a quiet, slow four and a half hour concert with football. Oh, and yeah. it was raining. Um, was that Prince? Was that the Prince game? I feel game? like that was Shakira it was not. and JLo. If it is, I'll die. It was the Who. Oh, no. Oh, not I'm dying. So sorry. I'm, I'm surviving that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Everyone's like, are you excited to see the Who? Yeah, who no, indeed. no, no. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not actually excited well, I, okay, to see Okay, I, I want to talk about how the, the positioning of how um all of these uh, every first of all everyone who died in this um accident was a man or a boy they were all male mm. um they... so at least there's that <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> i was just gonna say like <laughs> um, no i know what you meant <laughs> <laughs> thanks um so the, they were up on this roof. And, and if you see a photo, you can't see this right now, Amir, but if you see a picture, Clayton, Chris, on the yeah. document we have, it's a warehouse, not a warehouse. Um, the, the, the factory is, it looks like it's almost right up by the bleachers. It's almost so like it's, if the bleachers really were to, it's, yeah, if they were to continue in one direction, you basically, the roof is almost the same height and sort of angle. Angle, yeah. Mm. And in this photo that uh, I don't know if it was taken right before the accident or just at a different time mm. uh, during a different game, but there are a lot of people up on this mm -hmm. roof and it just looks very precarious and scary. Um, and unfortunately, the their worst fears happened. This is from an article in uh, grunge.com. Stanford Magazine writes that oven worker Charles Yotes was one of the first to realize what was happening as people started raining down on him while he raked the furnace fire. Some people landed on top of the furnace, which was about 500 degrees Fahrenheit. And while Yotes tried to push them off with a giant poker, another ov oven worker, Clarence Jeter, frantically turned off the oil, feeding the furnace's fire. Jeter later stated it was a horrible experience standing there besides beside a hell pot and seeing human beings roast to death. Ugh. We did the best we could. It's estimated that over a hundred people fell through the roof of the glassworks factory and between 60 to 100 of them fell directly into the, onto the furnace. 
Uh, many who fell were young men and boys, some of whom were as young as nine years old. While some managed to hang on, those who fell into the furnace ended up suffering some of the worst agony imaginable. San Francisco Weekly reports that if the people falling from the roof had fallen directly into an open furnace, they would have died instantly. But instead, the falling spectators found themselves cooking alive. Oh, my God. On the 500 uh, degree furnace top as broken fuel pipes sprayed boiling oil onto them. Some were also Jeez. unable to move independently due to their broken bones. Because remember, you know, it's it's a fall. Yeah, they just a long fell. Fall. Five stories. Yeah. While many uh, who landed on the furnace were ulti ultimately rescued, tragically, a 10-year-old boy uh, wasn't able to be saved. Yotes and Jeter managed to save dozens, dozens of people, although due to the frantic nature of the situation, they ended up tossing people off the furnace as quickly as they could, which meant paying little attention to the myriad of broken bones and wounds right, that right. people already bore. And for those out of arm's reach, metal poles were used to drag people off, sometimes even by hooking <sighs> into people's flesh. Oh, my God. So the game ended 5-0, or what do we think? How did we, um... <laughs> but, like, we joke, but that is... Kind what was of, happening? It felt like the, the, the reaction. It felt like the reaction. I mean, the I think... The game must go on. Yeah. Ooh, Amir. You just said the, the, one of our, our favorite things to blame here at The Alarmist. Mm -hmm. The must show the must show go, go on. on. <laughs> yeah, the show, the show must go on we mentality. Ask, must the show yeah. go on, yeah. <laughs> no, in, in this case, is the answer is no. It shouldn't. And this really makes you think about this. This kind of stuff is still happening. I, 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 was, I don't know if I was watching the game or if you just pulled me aside when, when that um, football player. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hamlin. Yep. Damar Hamlin, yeah. That also had that feeling of like, I mean, at least they stopped the game and but they continued. Didn't no, they continue? No, oh no, no that's the game right. Was canceled. That's why it was unprecedented. Well, yeah, I guess it's yeah. a little different because this is like literally in the middle of the football field too, versus like uh, yeah, if it was an audience member, they'd be like, let's just keep playing. But <laughs> since right. it was their friend, they're like, I'm too sad to keep playing. Right. Mm. Oh, that yeah, Remember or like when Jennifer Capriati was stabbed. She was a tennis player, and somebody came from the yes. audience and stabbed, stabbed her in the her. back during a match. Oh, oh my god! god. Yes, I and she that. finished the that. match and won Wimbledon that Whoa. day. Whoa! No, oh no, sorry. She uh, she was stabbed nearly to death, so they had to stop. She oh. didn't play anymore. Yeah, Jeez. she couldn't really move, but she survived. Wow, we should cover that on the show. Right? But this, there's something again, theater. And sports, what what is it with this show must go on mentality? The the uh, show doesn't a business. need to go on. Always follow the money, you know. It's uh, all about the cash. We can't refund the people. We're already here. I'm yeah. sure they're fine either way or not. But mm -hmm. we got to finish this five zero football game. Well, speaking of this being a business, I think that we should put the plant superintendent James Davis up on the board. This was the 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 plant, uh, the glass plants superintendent. Right. This is from Stanford Magazine. The plant superintendent, James Davis, had been warned of the risk. Henry Taylor, the treasurer of the Associated Students of Stanford University, told reporters that organizers had provided Davis six complimentary tickets to the game in exchange for keeping people off the roof. Mm. 
But Davis was a star-crossed man. He'd been in the papers earlier in the year after getting thrashed by a glassblower whose work he had criticized. And he either badly misjudged the size of the challenge or the probity of his employees. Some would later claim his specially hired watchman had offered admission to the roof for a fee. Either way, the surge into the factory grounds was soon out of anyone's control. So this wasn't a surprise. Everyone knew this was a possibility that people were going to rush to this roof, try and get up on this roof. They told the manager, they essentially gave him tickets to try and get him to hire or or stop this from happening. But instead, they saw an opportunity, a quick buck, an opportunity for a quick buck. Money. Money. Money again. The, the, the other thing is, if they did see this coming, which clearly they did, and also back in three years prior, 1897, there was a stand, the, the stands of this same game collapsed. So there was a trend towards overcrowding already right. that they were ignoring. And if they assumed people would go up on the roofs, why didn't they check into the security of that roof? I mean, preventing people from going on the roof is one thing, but... Um, I mean, it seems like they were just pretty naive about how dangerous it was. If they just get, it was just one watchman with like a metal pipe who was, who was guarding it. Well, this was 1900, so they didn't really care about anything back then. It was just mm. sort of like, uh, life was so tenuous that like, if you didn't die that weekend, <laughs> tuberculosis would get you anyway. I mean, you're not, like they built the empire wrong. state building in nine months. Like they didn't really give a shit Did about really? people falling. Nine months. Something like that. It was I like mean, maybe 14 months. Also it was yeah. Monica Sellis that was stabbed as long as we're sort of fact checking. Oh, Good job, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Capriati uh, is another. Capriati was, was a she different was a tennis phenom. Different, different tennis phenom. Yeah, but she was, was not definitely stabbed. a tennis player. Yep. You had a lot of confidence in that, so I sort of it felt it, right. right. And I, I was like, was it right? I almost it put it up right. on our list of Monica of Sellis things was to cover. stabbed. So it's a stabbing did still happen. Okay, maybe Amir is right though about like kind of 1900, just like the laissez-faire nature of like uh, yes. nothing's going to go the wrong. The life expectancy does... was four. It didn't really matter. Right. Yeah. You're you're playing with house money if you become if you're like a teenager. You're like, <laughs> exactly. Hey, this is, this is great. They might die. Right. Like they might <laughs> die anyway. Yeah. The the life expectancy was just very low. I, I'm 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 thinking about how there wa weren't any walkie-talkies. <laughs> I keep thinking about how there, was there a weren't cup any walkie-talkies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was also evident in the in the football equipment they used. These guys were just bashing into each other and they had what was basically like a thick sweater. Yeah, a leather helmet. Oh, leather wow. Leather helmet and they're just banging into each other. But, you know, it, it's hard to control a crowd. This is why I'm, I keep thinking about walkie-talkies. Like, I feel like walkie-talkies help. But if, if we're thinking about a time period before the walkie-talkie, sure. how do you control a crowd? Right. And I make mean, sure everyone's on the same page. Megaphone, right. but like it's made out of paper. There's no electricity in there. Right. So it's right. just one of those like, 
cones. Yeah. Yeah, a cone. It's just a, it's a cone. mega cone. Or, it's or not even hope, a megaphone. <laughs> you hope that you, they had like a meeting beforehand to get everyone yes. on the same page. Well, <laughs> well they should have had a, more than just the one guy too. There was only the one security yes. guard, right? So like maybe staff, just like having enough staff. Yeah, yes. that, that, it's a really good point because you can prepare as much as you want, but if during if you don't have a means of communication within the event itself, then you might get in trouble as is in this case where the security guy like called the police and uh -huh. then the police were like, just go talk to the head of the, the who, who's the chief who's in control of the stadium itself, but they couldn't get into the stadium because it was still overcrowded and they didn't have tickets. The security guards. Right. right. So there's no way to commit. There's no form of communication. No. Um, so I don't know how you want to label that. I mean, maybe lack of security or. and crowd control. Just yeah, I guess that falls under that. I also um, feel like um, we like to put up lack of or uh, technology. Like there is just the lack of technology at the time. Sadly, that it just there. Right. Yeah. It just wasn't there yet. This is from uh, Stanford Magazine. There was a watchman there. Uh, Goering recalled seven decades later in an article written by William Briggs, his great nephew. But it was like trying to turn back the waves at the beach. The kids kept pouring through the fence, anxious to see the kickoff. In no time, the roof was black with spectators, some 400 by one count, a good number of them on the glassworks ventilator, a section of corrugated iron roofing about 72 feet long and eight feet wide that let the furnace heat escape. The, the view went from one end of the field to the other. So this roof was made of out of corrugated metal and uh i mean i'm not sure if you guys know what corrugated it's like that um metal that those metal roofs that are kind of like wavy yeah <laughs> it's just the a only sheet way. of bented yeah yeah bented metal we have corrugated metal in our on on the like the little awning off of our back back in our backyard and if there's any wind above like 15 miles per hour you can hear it flapping yeah. around right. <laughs> it's not heavy it's very flimsy actually and in our case mm. it's not really adequately secured to the mm. to the beams underneath and that's why i would Almost never like tinfoil yes I, I mean it's a little stronger than tinfoil amir um <laughs> sorry i mean i'm just trying to like it's relate extra thick. here <laughs> yeah extra yeah it's heavy, heavy duty, duty tinfoil. yeah <laughs> oh, okay parchment paper <laughs> <laughs> but I would never stand on the roof uh, in the back of our, of our house. Mm -hmm. What about to see a football game, though? <laughs> well, like, you, you have no reason. I mean, me what if Stanford Cal <laughs> is playing their third ever game together? You, you got you to watch that. In our neighbor's backyard. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. In that no, case, you might consider sitting on the roof. No, I still wouldn't. It's an interesting question, though, about like just assuming structures are all engineered to have. I mean, like you think, oh, a big, strong house with the roof is like over your head, but that doesn't mean it's actually engineered to hold any significant weight. Right. So there's right. a lot of yes. assumptions it's not in, made there. Not in, not in 1899, no. no. Mm. It's, that, it's that the roofs so, look so darn close to what floors look like. Right. So you think you can just flat. stand it on there. You can kind of stand on them. Yeah. This, it's just the construction of the roof should should definitely go up on the board. This is from Stanford Magazine. The flimsy. Are structure. there any other magazines? I feel like this is the only one that covered this <laughs> darn thing. Well, it's I all keep, Stanford Mag. What did Cal have to say about this? Situation? Well, I keep um, going over 
uh, just not not covering the other magazines. There's a San Francisco Weekly that, uh, but again, this is not yeah a, it's a tragedy that was was heavily covered, widely covered. It's so true, and even though it was the it's the highest killing of any sports event his, in in American history. That's shocking. It's the most fatalities. Yeah, it was totally under undercovered. Um. There's no uh, memorial. There's no, there are you, no statues about is it. Is that because anything. like technically you could say they weren't like technically part of the sporting event. They were people who were like illegally squatting on a roof to like peer into a game, you know, like yeah. I, that well, sounds crass, well, but like they weren't like in the stadium. They weren't technically. They weren't real fans. Say it. <laughs> I put classism, classism and the high cost of the, of the game, of mm. the game ticket. Why are dollar. game tickets so expensive? I think it's the money. They want money, and so yeah. they charge money. And then when they give get the money, it's like good for them to have that. And mm -hmm. then so it's like let's charge a little more, and then they get more money. I the think cycle of that's money. interesting. That's interesting. Yes, <laughs> what do exactly. you do once you have money though? Is my then question. you can just do whatever the hell you want. Once you have the money, you could basically buy anything with that money if it's if it's affordable Except within it. that like yeah within mm. your tier lump sum. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Well, here is uh, an excerpt from uh, uh, an magazine? that's not <laughs> Stanford. Wow. It's from Mercury News. Okay, Amir. Mercury, what you got? <laughs> San Jose. This is a uh, ticket demand was so high that many fans couldn't get it in or couldn't afford the price. Many spectators, primarily young men and boys, climbed up to the roof to overlook that which overlooked the field. But for those unwilling or unable to pay $1 for a ticket, the rush was on to find another way to see the spectacle. Herman Gehring, an 11-year-old student at Mission Grammar School, tried scrambling under a fence into the grounds, but was chased away. Then he climbed a water tower at 14th and Folsom, but the view was obstructed, and so finally he joined the swarm, pushing into the most obvious vantage point, the glassworks building. So $1, apparently like $40 uh, our time. Equivalent to 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. That's still pretty cheap, I guess, for a, a, a game right now. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's is crazy. But I guess but, if an acai bowl was like a quarter, then maybe a right. dollar seems like a lot. Yeah. True, mm -hmm. true. Acai bowl? You got to think about it in terms of like how much does an acai go for today? $12, $15. <laughs> so it's about a third of a ticket. 15 bucks for an acai bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the size and what you add on to it. Mm -hmm. um, if you want fresh ingredients. like Yeah. 13 to 15 plus tax and tip, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. You know what's funny? They make you tip on everything these days. Oh. Um. What were you saying? <laughs> I'm not going to like, yeah, I'm not going to try and save you is my new thing. I was just thinking it's funny how everyone, you, they make you tip on everything these days. Hmm. <laughs> Great. We're still here, everyone, in case you thought there was yeah. an audio. <laughs> no, we're not cutting this part either. <laughs> I just think that's funny. I want to go back to the construction of the roof. <laughs> Great. Let's do that. I wonder if they tip the contractors. Mm. Not enough. They hold, they hold out that I, I would. I would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is from Stanford Magazine. I got a tip. I knew it. We're back to Stanford Magazine. <laughs> yeah, Fucking yeah. knew it. Yeah. Again, <laughs> there was only two magazines in 1901. That's true, too. 
It's local. It, it didn't get national coverage. Mm -hmm. That's sad. The filmsy structure had been built to bear no weight but its own. A few were quick to recognize the danger and descend, while others tried to escape but were trapped by the crowd. All of us were laughing and jesting, and some of the fellows said, if this thing breaks, we'll all go down together, one of the men on the roof recalled. This is from San Francisco Weekly. Like many turn-of-the-century cities, San Francisco's sporting grounds were hastily erected amid active factories and warehouses. Hmm. Thousands of eyes turned to the neighborhood's newest addition, the newly completed San Francisco and Pacific Glass Works, just across the street from the ballpark. The plant occupied an entire block between Folsom and Harrison on 15th Street and was slated to commence full production the following Monday. So it hadn't even opened yet, mm. technically. The fires of its uh, gargantuan east furnace had been kindled only days earlier. Its rooftop offered an enticing end zone to end zone view of the field from above the ballpark's northern wall. So I, I thought it was interesting that this was built in an area where there were factories. Like, yeah, the, I've always wondered why stadiums and sporting arenas are built in the areas where they're built. Mm -hmm. And I, because it always feels like it's a very, it's not remote. It's like in the middle of a bunch of things that you're like, why is this why, here? Why are they why? here? There's no thought. What is the thought here? Mm-hmm. And this was clearly just like a quick, this is where we're going to build it. And and these factories were also being built built like apparently the Empire State Building. Should we very quickly? Very quickly. Should we blame the Industrial Revolution for the force? Well, for I guess this would have been during the, the, what, the Second its, Industrial Revolution. It's sort of like a little bit after the real big Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. but it's as these this industries are growing and... And and people are scrambling to make more stuff. Hmm. Make more money, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't we, have. We could put just money up industry. on the board. We've got money. I put money and I put slash capitalism. Gotcha. My sweet expanding spot. industry. I I am gonna have a hard time blaming the makers of the building for creating just a roof that is only meant for ventilation. Right. Because that just doesn't, I mean, even though it's next to a stadium, I don't know how they could have foreseen that. Ahead of that. Well, uh, but put it up on the board anyway. I guess. I mean, the, the, I guess we should also put the climbers up on the board, even though for the record, we're probably going to take this off. It's very victim blamey. Well, um, but we should discuss because according to grunge.com, a grand jury was convened, but according to the Stanford magazine, to, it bore the qualities of a show trial, and ultimately the grand jury placed all of the blame on the people who had climbed onto the glassworks roof to watch the big game. The deceased had no business being there. This is a quote. The deceased had no business being there. No one can be held responsible for their deaths other than themselves. Jeez. So... I mean, if you're on, uh, this is terrible, but like if you're on a roof and you're like, oh, this thing could collapse and we'd all die, that means you have some awareness that this maybe is not a good idea Yeah. to be putting your, that, you know, you, but you take a risk. But to play devil's advocate, so here's a, if you, there's a list of the, the people who died. Um, most of them were between the ages of nine to 18. So these were kids. 
So just maybe like, like lack of kids. supervision or something. Yeah, like the parents. Or the parents. Yeah. Also, Bad if you parenting. know that this is a tendency that this is something that happens during football games, and it's it's, I don't know. I feel like there's a responsibility for the community to at least at least be like, don't let the kids get up on that roof. <laughs> Yeah, it's dangerous. Well, yeah, they I mean, were they were trying. The workers were, were they were warning people, right? That's the whole thing. It was just kind of I don't being know ignored. It yeah, it's just like sort of they were sort of warning people. They were like very casual about yeah, that casual the last that whole thing. Yeah. Of like nothing's gonna happen. Let the kids watch the game. Like they can't afford the ticket. Kind of mentality is seems problematic. We should put the organizers of the game up on the board. We should also just just because make sure we blame or put put up on the board Stanford and, and Cal as well. I mean, just to put up the schools the up on the board. I mean, yeah, yeah, because shouldn't the organizers and the and the and the schools have a say in how this thing's going to be played? Well, uh, where it's going to be played, and you know what's interesting is Herbert. We should probably put Herbert Hoover up on the board. Okay, put him up on Why? the board too. You're always blaming Herbert Hoover. <laughs> I mean, enough yeah. enough is enough. I have to stand up for Herbert at a certain point. <laughs> well, Hoover, what before Hoover he was president, do? he was the undergrad football and baseball manager of the Stanford teams. Mm -hmm. And he, in 1892, he was in charge of organizing the event. He basically started the rivalry of the big game. And, you know, what went down was that the, apparently they printed like 10,000 tickets and twice the number showed up and the organizers were overwhelmed. There's a, a quote of them saying that I had, you know, Hoover and the Cal manager sat up most of the night counting grain bags of gold and silver. Quote, I have never... I had never seen $30,000 before Hoover wrote in his memoirs. So this was a huge success. And then after he left, he was, I, I believe he left in 1895. So he was no longer the organizer, mm -hmm. but he was the original organizer hmm. okay. of the event. Yeah, I think it was 1895 as well. <laughs> Um, can we put sports rivalries up on the board too? This is the oldest sports rivalry and sports rivalries are, you know, very strange to me because the, the personnel changes through the years. Yeah. And so what you're you, like, yeah. why are they holding on to it? Oh, it's yeah, exactly. Cultural. It's a cultural thing. It just, it just seems, um, almost, uh, you know, or is that the fans that the fans hang on to invented. that? Yeah, all sports fans should get along because they all have a common love of sports. So, like, <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State should play a game, and then everyone should be high-fiving each other regardless of who wins because at the end of the day, you're just a Midwesterner who loves football. And, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty pretty similar to one another. It's true. People I win, mean, and their teams win, and then they go and they, like, turn cars over and start fires. That, to me, is an yeah. interesting phenomenon. It right, seems like I'm a so happy. I, I can't even control the energy coming out of me. I need to tip over a cop car. Right. Uh, fans become Hulk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, when your team wins, yeah. Mm -hmm. or, or, or when your team doesn't win, too. 
Yeah. Do they I turn over cars when they lose or is it when they win? I feel like you always hear about them winning, but I don't hear about the other. But maybe they're just it's, not reporting. It's both. There were riots when I think Vancouver uh, lost the Stanley Cup when they were last in it. That was like a couple of years ago. Mm. There were a bunch of why because of a cheating controversy or something. I don't think there was any cheating, although mm. there's. So then, why cheating. would you be upset? It's a game. It's not a game. It's a sport. It's a lifetime. <laughs> it's a. Lifestyle. It's, a <laughs> it's baked into the fabric of our genetics. I know. If this they is... lose, I'm a loser, and I have to <laughs> tip a car over to a fucking show to all the haters out there that I'm actually a winner. Mm. <laughs> so oh, maybe I see. And the Sporting car culture the that we blame. Canucks in six. Right. The fan's ego. Mm. Ooh, I love that. Fan like, ego. Wh- why? Why? You didn't do anything. You're not you even watched involved. It. You ever run into an athlete who's on a team you like? I mean, the way they look at you. I mean. <laughs> No, they don't care about you. I'm from Texas. Leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. I will, I'm gone next year and yeah. I'll never come back here. <laughs> it's that whole like, that's my team or like when people are like, that's my yeah. song. It's like, it's not your song. That's another person's song that you like. Yeah. And this is a team that you watch. It's not your team. There's mm-hmm. like that ownership mm-hmm. over it. We like to own things, don't we humans? Mm-hmm. We want to have control of things. It's ours. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 We do. As know. Jerry Seinfeld famously put it, we're just rooting for laundry is what we're rooting for. Because you're not, the teams change, the personnel's right. change, the manager changes, even the ownership changes. We're just rooting for the colors, <laughs> the laundry, <laughs> the, the things they wear, the uniforms. Maybe uh, we play along those lines, like boredom. Like maybe there just wasn't enough other fun things to be to in do. In 1900s, that definitely. you were like, yeah, definitely. let's just go stand on the roof because what else? I would say in a way you're right, right? Because there's not like, you no, know, none of them have phones. There's no uh, TV. There's no, not a ton of entertainment. Uh, you really have to seek out live entertainment if you want it. But I, but on the other hand, I will say that life was busy and things were hard, mm. right? <laughs> Like yeah. doing laundry, for instance, That's that true. would probably take took you to go all like day, years in probably. some cases. For some stains, you'd take yeah. years. So rooting for laundry was actually a really long endeavor back then because <laughs> mm-hmm. it would take you just washing, let alone drying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a two-day like, process. Especially if it's cold out, you can't really use a clothesline. Yeah. So... Maybe- they were busy. And they would you only have to like, do. <laughs> you'd only have like three shirts basically in your entire wardrobe. Sure. Damn. Okay. So you got to take crazy. care of those shirts. You got to mm-hmm. take care of that shirt and you can't lose or gain any weight basically, or you're screwed. But I guess it, it, in terms of that, because life was so busy and hard because yeah, you had to mm-hmm. whatever. It was just time consuming. The, this, game was such a treat i guess sure mm-hmm. an escape an escape okay. so yeah. th- that's maybe we're just trying to get behind the psychology of why this meant so much it's to making sen- more sense to me yeah. as we're talking about it i think you look we have a pretty good board i feel like the last thing i want to put up <laughs> is uh no fear of roofs mm-hmm. i feel like more people should be afraid of roofs mm. okay what just, are your thoughts on ceilings though mm-hmm I'm okay with ceilings, but I think roofs are dangerous. I, first of all, a lot of deaths happen every year from people falling, falling off from roofs. Roof. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. People think 
what uh, I mean, obviously, and, and roofers have a really high rate of being injured, uh, higher than other high construction risk, workers. Uh, profession yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in general, I just feel like n- no one should be going up on roofs. No, no. <laughs> Unless you're a professional and you have a reason right. to be there. Uh, yeah. Or, or you're playing a sport and the ball gets stuck up on the roof. No. Then this you got to go. Point. You got to go and get it. Even as a homeowner, like I don't, my, I don't have to like. I shouldn't trust because I own the home that somehow the roof isn't going to harm me going up yeah. there. Like that's true. Roofs <laughs> don't discriminate. It's true. Exactly. It's that's very true. This is a dumb accident. Accidents happen in people's homes all the time. They're just like whatever. They feel so comfortable in their space. They put up a ladder. They don't really support. It. Then you fall and crack your head open. Oh no, Clayton. Clayton, no. Tell no. you, it's not worth it, man. Nope. Anyway, this is just my PSA for don't go up on the roof. Call a professional. Great. Okay. All right. Perfect. With that, we can take a quick break and start knocking things off the board. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P.com slash alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the Thanksgiving Day disaster? Is it the show must go on mentality? Plant Superintendent James Davis? Money? Laissez-faire attitude of the time? Lack of security? Overcrowding slash poor crowd management? Lack of technology? Construction of the roof? Classism and the high cost of sporting events? Expanding industry, the climbers themselves, lack of parental supervision, game organizers, Stanford Cardinal and California Golden Bears, Herbert Hoover, sports rivalries, fan ego, lack of alternative entertainment, or a lack of roof fear. <laughs> so probably just Hoover, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's jumping out at you? Hoover. I feel like it's got to be Hoover. <laughs> But you were such a Hoover, uh, a Hoover uh, uh, fan. Defender. Defender. Yeah. 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 I think I was thinking of Coolidge. Oh. Um, the, this is a, a pattern today. Or Herbert Coolidge. No. <laughs> Dave Herbert. Coolidge. Oh, Dave Coolidge. Oh, <laughs> Herbert okay. Hoover's younger cousin. Um, oh. That explains it. Do you think uh, Coolidge? Yeah. So, so Coolidge is related to Hoover? Nobody, I think so, but I no don't quote to... me on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 I I do think we have to take Hoover off the list. Oh. I think he started the the he started the event, but by yeah. the time he was gone, he's just so detached from. By that time, he's running the country, and I also feel like on. we can take. Um... Hmm. What was I going to say? Fan ego. Fan ego. Okay. Different thing. There's a different thing happening there. It's different. just something that really confuses me. Okay. But mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with this particular do we, disaster. Do we want to wrap lack of security, overcrowding, and uh, high cost of sporting events into the organizers? Uh, they, those yeah. all those things fall under the the organizers the the security um crowd management and, and the cost high, the cost that's all yeah. under the organizers okay okay i think that's fair that's good i think lack of but technology is a fair um, mm. nice thank you <laughs> well done i think well done. technology that's just like that's just the world they live in you can't really you can't blame, blame it for not being invented yet no clayton you accidentally <laughs> crossed off construction of the roof oh i did i didn't mean that. to do that I'll but, uncross but it off but should we keep that off because to me yes the, right as, yeah. I, as i was saying before there's just no way that the roof the people who are these people are busy making glass for sure the, for the and if, public if anything okay. it is the expanding industry at the time where right. it just made things Go up faster and maybe. But they shouldn't have even had to account, account for that. If you're well. building yeah. a roof that is also engineered and doubling as additional stadium seating for the next door football stadium, then yes, you could go back to the engineers because they should have. Right. But that's, it was not meant to be no. a seat. No. Nobody, when constructing something, is standing on top of that thing saying, What can I see from here? And should I be nervous that people are going to want to see that. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's more of the plant superintendent after the fact, knowing Hoover? That, that it was. <laughs> no, not Coolidge. Hoover, Amir. Coolidge. The... <laughs> mm. 
James James Ho- Davis Davis Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not Hoover, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with that. For knowing, you know, th- that it was being used in that way and not doing anything about it. Um, I so let's take out expanding industry. I also want to take off the show must go on mentality because from what I read, the crowd and noise was so abundant on the field that people didn't really even understand what was happening. Yeah, they didn't really know, correct? Until right. like after they paraded out of the stadium. Th- like, that's what, that's there, what there I was read. A, no, there was a moment where when it, when it all happened where people were confused and I believe some players on the field even kind of stopped They playing. paused the game briefly, yeah. yes. But someone then yelled, it's a job. It's a job. And oh, then, right, and right. And then it continued. What? I think it's a, a reference to like the other team is distracting us. It's a con job. To it's, win. It, yeah, oh. exactly. It was sort of like the fix is in. Like yeah. this, is, this is part of a, sort of accusing the other team of Interesting. Yeah, get, like distracting. Or... So then maybe so we don't take it, it continued. over. continued. But I don't, well, again, though, you, like it, it happened. Conf- I'm sure it was confusing. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have, pre- like stopping the game wouldn't have prevented what happened, right? True. Like, yeah, it already happened. Sure. Yep. There you go. Um, lack of parental supervision. I mean, true, but I also feel it was the 1900s. Most kids were like kicked out of the house when they were right. like four. And they were like working at nine, probably. And also, if it wasn't a bunch of kids, it would have just been like older adults fill on the roof, too. I feel like if there were that clearly that too many people outside mm-hmm. anyway trying to get up on there in the first yeah. place so let's i also think the 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 actual uh teams could be taken off the list as well sports rivalries too in general yeah it okay. fueled the the spectators i'm sure but so we're left with a few here we've got the plant superintendent james davis we've got money capitalism the laissez-faire attitude of the time, the climbers themselves. Oh, we can take, uh, I, I do. Are we going to leave the climbers on there? Are we victim blaming? It's, it is victim blaming. That's exactly. And also it is trespassing. It's um, difficult. Yeah. It's exactly what the, the inspectors or whoever, looked at this tragedy at the time it's exactly what they came up with yeah. well whoever owns the building doesn't want to take any responsibility because they don't want to pay out right. families for the death of all those people so of course they're going to make it their fault i think we take them off the list because i think if anything it's more about the plant superintendent mm-hmm. okay allowing that to happen i don't know if you know that it, if, if there are warnings and you don't like yeah. seriously discourage the people from going, then yeah, I mean, you're, you're on notice. If he wasn't on notice, then it's maybe a different calculation, but it seems. But he was. Right. They, they gave him those tickets that he hired a watchman. He clearly knew something was up. Hmm. Should we put I guess Stanford so. Magazine on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we didn't put that on. They're oh, the man. only ones that covered it. the, that covered this tragedy. They're. <laughs> Sort of heroes in a way. I mean, how do they know so much? Like, oh, that's a good point. That's a good. <laughs> they're almost too involved. It's a job. It's a job. It's a job. Um, it's like then, we need an article. All right, let's. I don't know. Maybe I'm just right. conspiracy theorists. Control, right control the narrative. Do we get rid um, of alternative entertainment and roof fear? Seems. Yeah. 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 
And so finally we have the game organizer. So it's between these four contenders, game organizers, the superintendent, capitalism, and the laissez-faire attitude. I This is what I'm leaning towards. Go ahead. I think we send the superintendent to the alarmist jail. Wow. And we slap the laissez-faire attitude of the time. Wow. Towards safety, we should specify. It's a laissez-faire attitude towards safety. Okay. You think that you're going to, because it feels like the game organizers might get off, let off easy here. Because the game organizers were the ones that, look, they've been doing this for a couple years now. They know it gets crowded. Mm. They don't account for that in any real way. And when called upon by the security, they, they're just not there. Um, Interesting. To help. So... Well, I'm I'm wondering you, you if we should swap swap out laissez faire attitude of the time. Yeah, the slap for the game organizers. Okay. Because yeah, there's something you could, yeah, you there's something charming about the laissez faire attitude at the time. You know, no. it's like it's well, there's and you could fold that into the game organizers as well. The oh, laissez faire right. attitude. You know. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. So that's okay. the big slap. I can I can I can be convinced here. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm going to call it game organizers. You're getting the big slap. <gasps> the plant superintendent, James Davis, you're going to the alarmist jail. And right. there you have it. There you we have did it, it, guys. We, we did what the grand jury of the time couldn't do. We placed blame. They decided to not place blame and we did it. And... I mean, honestly, we couldn't have done this without you, Amir. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> I feel like I didn't bring a lot to the table in terms of coming up with people or eliminating them. But yeah, I guess I guess you couldn't have done it without me. That's true. How <laughs> would we have known about the tennis player who didn't get stabbed? Oh, Capriati? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess <laughs> one thing did lead to another there. Exactly. Um, thanks again for helping us get to the bottom of this Thanksgiving Day disaster. It's crazy. You know, I went to one of those schools. Oh. You did? You didn't lead with yeah. that. Well, I thought that's why you guys had me on, and then it never came up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell us which one you went to. Guys, we're going to take another hour. Yeah, just assume it was the better school. <laughs> <laughs> the winning school. Wow, I had no idea. So <laughs> I guess. Yeah, a lot of we, stories about continue? the disaster. But... <laughs> Did they talk about it in school? All the time, but I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so HeadGum is the podcast network. And you can catch me on Insta. That's Instagram for all you cool cats out there. <laughs> To this day, there is no statue or plaque dedicated to the 1900 game. The site is held by a University of California, San Francisco building. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. 
You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing The Boy Living in the Walls. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. 365-day returns. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 